0: Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Good morning, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's been a busy week. How about you? Oh, yes.
1: Busy. Busy indeed.
0: (laughs) Well, in our last conversation, we were once again turning within ourselves to discover what might be sabotaging our sense of worth and confidence. You suggested that we anchor into our values and priorities to assure that we're living according to what's most important to us. And this directs us to the changes needed.
1: That's right, Anna. You know, we're wanting to recognize not just what we want, but also why we want it, you know, and who stands to benefit from it. You know, it's all part of the self-discovery that guides us to living from the best version of ourselves, you know, being open to doing the next right thing, and, and also keeping the greater good in mind, you know, and as needed, recalibrate when we find ourselves off course.
0: And living from the desire to be the best version of ourselves fuels our self-worth and confidence and enables us to enact the process of change as needed, which involves creating a plan, taking action in multiple aspects of our life, being accountable and affirming our efforts. Simple yet not always easy, Doctor Jane.
1: No, not always easy. You know, um, but think about it, Anna. You know, we're diving into years of our habitual conditioning, which are those layers of the habits that seem to have a life of their own, and and run our lives. You know, even when it's not healthy, they're running our lives. So we're looking to dismantle the habits that don't serve our best and highest self,
0: and we're not doing an immediate overhaul right? No. We're assessing, yeah, we're assessing what's going on in various dimensions of life and deciding what we want to target based on our core values. I'm really tuned in to how consciously and actively living from what's most important fuels our self-worth, our self-esteem and self-confidence.
1: Oh, good for you, Anna. You know, it, it doesn't matter where we start, The important thing is that we start, we start the process.
0: Yes, it is important. And I don't like being the naysayer, but so often we invest in a change process that's important to us and we're blindsided by some unpredicted situation and we drop our commitment to ourselves because something else is seemingly more important, urgent, or presents a barrier. You know, and it could be real or imagined.
1: Well, true, true. And I I think you're hitting upon an actual factual dimension that we all face, often multiple times in our lives. You know, we experience the impermanence of everything in our life. For instance, you know, we're hit with an unexpected turn of events, or we formulated a healthy plan of action and somehow we're stymied due to circumstances beyond our control. You know, Anna. Even, even good change can bring unexpected stress to our lives. You know, a new baby, a job change, a relocation. You know, our bodies and our thoughts move pretty much, um, you know, into reactivity due to the uncertainty that we perceive in those kinds of changes and transitions.
0: Oh, yes, Dr. Jane, I, I totally agree. And you've often called this life on life's terms.
1: Yes. You know, it's the ever-changing dimension. That we all know and, and come to depend on in life.
0: And yet it catches us by surprise. You know, seems like there's a human belief and goal about having life stable, <laughs> consistent, and predictable. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm living life as good as good a person, life should be good, right? Mm-hmm. Even killed re super super. I always have a problem with this word, Jane, but reciprocal. I think that's what it would <laughs> Yeah, reciprocal. <laughs> there, yeah, there comes there goes my Spanish again. It's coming back <laughs> to haunt me. And with my good, de- you know, and with my good deeds and good intentions, but I'm living right. Things should go right for me, right?
1: Yeah, that well, that's how we that's how we put it together. You know, but but let's look at that, Anna. You know, our senses are continuously reporting back to us their version of the world how it tastes, smells, sounds, you know, it appears solid and fixed, solid and and predictable. So our minds take that information and in the context of our relatively short lives, you know, our mind creates a worldview of a non-changing or slow-changing permanence. You know, we really don't have to, we really don't have an accurate uh, uh, perception of the vastness of change unless we turn toward the The long expanse of history, whether it be human history or our cosmic history, you know, starting with the Big Bang. Yet the truth of it is that everything in our material world is impermanent. It's here for a while and then it's gone. Even us. Even
0: us. Oh, boy, Dr. Jane, you know, in so many ways, I get it, you know, I can look around my life. And on the days that I'm willing to be brutally honest, I know it will one day be gone, and I will be gone as well. I really don't get it. And still, you know, I just I I don't get it because I still resist it. And I know that I'm not alone in this.
1: You're absolutely not alone, Anna. You know, we all struggle with this. You know, and you've hit upon a scary truth. You know, the reality brings us face to face with our own mortality, you know, and it stops us in our tracks. You know, it's challenging and fear provoking. We we identify with this world of ours and we're attached to it and, and all its objects. And without it, it's like, who am I? You know, what is the world? You know, we can't fathom the world without us.
0: Mm, so we can run and hide and pretend it's not so. But, you know, that only works for so long. And, and then why? <laughs>
1: well, well, eventually the reality of impermanence catches up with us mm-hmm. and forces our hand, forces us to face that which we've resisted. We may lose the job or that precious possession, you know, end a relationship, you know, face death of a loved one, you know, or our own end of life, you know, via, you know, getting older, that aging process or illness, you know, all of that. And in a moment,
0: our world can change forever. And hasn't the last two and a half years been a hit of impermanence on multiple fronts? <laughs> you gosh, know?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Unpredictable. And the losses have been incredible. You know, our or the recent devastation in uh, with Hurricane Ian across Florida. You know, we just never imagined it would be us.
1: Well, you're right. You know, and, and, and we even avoid, you know, less devastating changes. You know, the thought or our sense of uncertainty, certainty alone can set the primitive part of our brain in motion. We find ourselves in fear and anxiety and our fight, flight, freeze response is activated because we're, we're really interpreting it all as impending danger. So, you know, we have to keep in mind that danger can be real or imagined you know, either way, the survival mechanism will be triggered, you know, and in that moment, we find ourselves in that old reactivity, you know, like we're preparing for
0: battle or, uh, you know, uh, a needed escape. Wow, this reminds me of my childhood so much. And uh, just that's just exactly what you're saying right now. And, and as you said, a moment ago, even, you know, this is all based on the sensory information that produces thought patterns, and our worldview. That's right.
1: That's right. And you know, we've talked about this frequently in our discussions of how each of us has developed a backstory, you know, which is that composite of our early conditioning, you know, beliefs, judgment, learning, you know, those uh, who modeled, you know, uh, behaviors for us in our formative years, you know, and this forms the lenses through which we view the world.
0: Yes. And sometimes we take on everything that was told to us and modeled for us. And sometimes we resist these instructions from our family, churches, schools, and communities. Either way, we make the backstory ours and resist any change to it.
1: Well, that's right. You know, and usually the backstory is anchored to our core beliefs and our values, you know, because that's what helps form them. You know, we, we generally hold it as a truth until we're in a life experience that can sometimes unhinge something that we've regarded as true. You know, it could be an assumption or a belief about life that's dismantled in a particular scenario or, you know, circumstances arise where a stereotype is shattered. You know, such experiences, you know, open a former blind spot for us and our worldview shifts and this can be felt as seismic shifts or are less uh, have less impact depending on how aware a person we are in that experience you know regardless of the change i mean regardless of the, the the change is real and and maybe difficult for us and yet at other times it may have very little impact
0: mm. well i can certainly relate and i i think change was a constant in my early years and I have many memories of seismic shifts in my life, and it was only in my adult life that I truly, I can really say this, I truly appreciated the impact they had on me and my development. And even in later years, change has been a centerpiece in my life. Some planned, others blindsided me. Well, you know, Anna, and I, this is an important distinction that you're making, you know,
1: We're discussing both change that we initiate, be the very best version of ourselves, and then there's a change that seems so arbitrary and outside of our control, you know, and as I look at my own life, you know, it's so clear that many of my best laid plans for change turned out, gosh, very differently than anticipated, you know, and and, and I'm not necessarily saying that they were worse. Sometimes they turned out even better than I'd hoped for, you know, and I can recall several situations when a prized opportunity for change, something that I had planned and nurtured and put together, seemingly fell apart and something even better came my way.
0: Yeah, well, so often life doesn't offer those new opportunities quickly. And and we can't see past loss and uncertainty. So we're left sitting in disappointment and despair.
1: Yes, yes. And, And so much of what happens next after an unexpected change has to do with our thinking, you know, it's, it's really about, you know, how am I interpreting the change? You know, if, if I feel doomed, then we're going to have the emotions that fit with doom. You know, and it's natural that our initial response be negative, you know, where we don't have a choice. You know, but the question is, do we stay in the net negativity?
0: Oh yes that that's that is the question you know this is another situation where we have no control over one aspect of life yet have control over our response to it you know what do we do next
1: well that's right that's exactly it you know and and it is about what we do next you know we discussed resilience last year you know and 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 how how resilience is is a mainstay you know it's worth repeating you know because Resilience is the ability to cope and recover from the setbacks and the stress that accompany change, whether it's change that we planned or our unpredicted change. You know, it's being able to face life's challenges and continue to move forward. You know, so it's important to note uh, also that resilient people don't necessarily experience less distress or, or less angst or grief in the face of, of the change. The difference is, They cope with the situation in ways that promote strength and endurance. And in this way, they take on a survivor mentality rather than the mentality of a victim.
0: Well, Dr. Jean, I can't help but think of that Gloria Gaynor song, you know, I will survive. And I will spare you singing it, but, you know... (laughs) It does, you know, for some reason, that song just came into my head. I was well, you know, what, and that's it, Anna. Yeah. You know, in the
1: face of overwhelming sadness, loss, fear, anxiety, you know, we keep moving through, we keep moving forward. You know, we don't have to like it, yet we recognize that this is what's real and happening in this moment. And the only way out is to walk through the fear of the sadness, you know, and resilience only kicks into play in our weakest moments when we, when we need it most. You know, resilience is is what helps us realize that we may not have control over the circumstances, but we do have control over our response to them and and also become willing to manage these. So there's also a strong pull within the resilience to not drown in the problem, seek the best solution. You know, and this is a major component in buoying us up, buoying up everyone involved in unexpected change you know by saying you know we'll, we'll get through this we'll find a way
0: well that certainly brings up you know something in my mind right away and that's that many people rely on their spiritual and religious orientations to cope with difficult change sure
1: sure you know and this connection keeps people from feeling so alone in overwhelming situations and and often supplies the insight and strength to create a plan of action to move through the devastation they're experiencing you know and and Prayer, you know, can be extremely soothing, you know, and and help us move, um, uh, and in a way that we can ground ourselves so that we see more clearly the path to the next right thing, you know. And I remember an Amish fellow, you know, decades ago, speaking um, of prayer at a, at a meeting that I was at, and and he he was talking about praying for potatoes because he was a farmer, and he <laughs> said if you're praying for potatoes. You have to get off your knees at some point in time and pick up a shovel. And I was <laughs> stunned by that, you know, because it was just so true. So the key is pray yes. And remember that you're responsible to do the legwork in realizing your request.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. So true, Dr. Jane. And, and we must do our part, right? It, yes. It's, as you said, refusing to be the victim. So we're meeting the challenge of change and investing in what we can do. You know, and what we have control over in hopes of rebounding.
1: Well, that's right. you know, it's always about starting by by stepping into our practices because the mindful awareness practices, especially starting with a quieting technique, like the the relaxation response, you know, helps bring us out of the survival reactivity so that the thinking brain can assist us in planning. You know, and, and it's about bringing ourselves into that present moment, recognizing what I have control over, what I don't have control over, and always being anchored to our core values, you know, knowing what our priorities are, what's most important to us. And it's also about accepting what is on it as it's playing out, you know, it's accepting the past, knowing that, that we can't change the past, you know, and being proactive, which is really anticipating what is needed and going for it. You and I have also talked about how important it is to reframe the negative. You know, are our thoughts part of the problem? Are, are, is there a way that we can make it part of the solution? You know, and what opportunities might this change offer us? You know, is it strengthening my resilience? So we're really about avoiding any kind of fixating on anything negative or uh, limitations. We're looking for possibilities and solutions but it's also about understanding and holding the reality of impermanence. You know, it's, it's a constant in life. And so it's, it's also, you know, making self-care a priority so that we can be the best we can be. And it starts with healthy routines, you know, eating healthy, getting, you know, good sleep, um, making sure that we're active and exercising, and also staying connected to our social support. And by the way, that doesn't mean social media. Sometimes we need to avoid social media. (laughs) Also practicing self-compassion, you know, and engaging in practices that nourish us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Mm -hmm. And as you and I both know and love, it's also about finding humor. Because life offers us many, many absurdities.
0: Oh, it certainly does. And these are all such great suggestions, you know. Nurture ourselves on the path, always looking to do the right thing and being the best version of ourselves. Dr. Jane, what do you recommend for practices this week?
1: Well, Anna, I'm, I, I really think that it's about grounding ourselves in the welcoming breath and also sensing, you know, sensing our bodies, really getting in tune with this, this mind-body connection mm. so that we can feel grounded. And, and that we can kind of move into feeling more able to be in the moment and also to be the witness of what's happening as it's happening. So, you know, it, it's also about bringing up the changes, you know, that, that we're experiencing, really being able to, in a quiet mind, with our awareness, turn toward the changes that we're experiencing and, and really beginning to ask ourselves, you know, am I with this? What's going on? Where is my reactivity? How am I
0: framing? It?
1: And just allowing ourselves to know what's happening as it's happening.
0: Well, this sounds really, really good, Dr. Jane, and reviewing the changes in our control and not being so hard on ourselves,
1: right? That's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly. We're really embracing what is, Anna, mm-hmm. you know, as, as life is unfolding through us. This is what is. Can I turn toward it and be with it just as it is?
0: Well, looking forward to this week's practices, Dr. Jane. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Anna.
0: Until our next conversation.